0: welcome to the thrive alcohol recovery podcast where we share tips information and success stories about a revolutionary treatment for alcohol use disorder called the sinclair method or tsm tsm can help most people reduce rather than abstain from alcohol by addressing the root cause of problem drinking which is inside the brain I'm your host, Katie Lane, Sinclair Method success story and co-founder of Thrive Alcohol Recovery, where we help you find freedom from problem drinking using this approach so that you can live your best life. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, you guys, in this week's deep dive, I wanted to talk about the difference between a genuine craving for alcohol versus just thinking about drinking and thinking about alcohol. I wanted to talk about this because I think this is a common point that a lot of people get to on the Sinclair Method where they can't really distinguish between, you know, okay, is this a genuine craving for alcohol, meaning I should take my naltrexone and have an extinction session, Or am I just thinking about drinking because it's five o'clock and I've drank every day at five o'clock for years and years? It's really important, um, especially the longer you're on the method, uh, to learn to distinguish the difference between a craving and a thought about alcohol. And the reason for that is because When we have thoughts about alcohol, like I said, they can happen habitually. Just like we can have different behaviors that we're doing habitually because we've been doing them for years and years, um, thoughts can come up habitually as well. So if you're someone like me who was drinking every night at five o'clock, I was thinking about drinking every night at five o'clock um, for a really long time on the Sinclair method. And for a while, I was uh, responding to that with having an L-trexone and drinking. But I started to recognize that that was something that was just habitually playing out because I would trained my brain to think about and drink every night at five o'clock for years and years. And so um if we're not taking time to really pause and examine and question these desires and thoughts we're having about alcohol to see okay is this a genuine craving or is this just me thinking about alcohol what can happen for a lot of people is that they can um, continue to drink on naltrexone and drink out of habit because that thought comes up they think it's a craving so they take naltrexone and drink now of course Part of the Sinclair Method, a huge part of it, is drinking on the naltrexone. We want to have repeated extinction sessions on the medication in order to really lay that foundation of extinction. But what's equally important, especially the longer you're on the Sinclair Method, is having alcohol-free days where we don't have the medication in your system, where you're going out, you're doing other pleasurable, rewarding things, and really learning new habits and new coping tools. If someone is just uh, drinking on the medication every single day for months and months and months, um, they will see progress on the Sinclair Method, but what I commonly see is they hit a plateau or they kind of regress because um, their brain is kind of acclimated to the medication. Yes, it's still uh, blocking the endorphins and blocking the reinforcement of the, the alcohol, um, but they're not giving themselves a break from the medication to really allow their brain to learn other, again, habits, behaviors, rituals pleasures in life. And the thing with alcohol for so many of us, it's our top pleasure. It's our go to pleasure or reward or coping tool that we've used for years or decades. And so it's really the easy default choice to turn to alcohol, um, especially if you're a daily drinker like I was. Um, And if we're not giving ourselves alcohol-free days and really the opportunity to um, try different things and different ways to spend our time and different ways to unwind in the evening, then it can be really easy to uh, be stuck in habitual uh, drinking on the Sinclair method. And even when naltrexone is working in the background, like I said, we can still have those thoughts that come up of of alcohol. For me, you know, I haven't drank in four years, but if I'm in certain settings or situations, it will trigger me to think about um, drinking, particularly if those situations were things I used to drink a lot in in the past. And the thing with the thoughts um, that we're having about alcohol is they're definitely not as powerful as a craving. And oftentimes if we can just Sit with it and question it a bit, and respond to it in a different way, other than just drinking on Naltrexone. Over time, we really start to distinguish and and see the difference between, you know, a genuine craving for alcohol, meaning you know you should take your Naltrexone and have an extinction session, versus oh I'm just thinking about drinking because it's five o'clock, um, but let me try something else instead. So I wanted to talk about you know just very simple practical ways that you can begin to. Uh, sit with these thoughts or these cravings and really get to the bottom of whether or not it's a genuine craving and you should have an extinction session or if it's just a thought about drinking and something that will likely pass and something that is just a habit that's coming up and you know you can become aware of it and just not respond to it um, in the same way anymore. So the first and most simple thing that you can do to really learn the difference between a craving versus a thought about drinking is just to sit with it for a minute. You know commonly people have thoughts about drinking you know in the afternoon if that's their normal drinking time and so what will happen is they'll have this immediate thought or urge to drink and they'll just respond right away with taking an l and they won't really um, sit with it for a while to understand if it's a genuine craving or, or a thought uh, just a thought a passing thought about drinking and so of course early on in the method um Like I said, we want to have the repeated extinction sessions in order to lay that foundation of extinction, but the longer you're on the method after you've been on it for several months, it's a really um, optimal time to start questioning these these cravings and these um, desires for alcohol. And so just by giving yourself some space, you know, if you're drinking every day at five o'clock and you notice you start thinking about it at that time, can you pause and delay your drinking and perhaps try something else for a little while before you immediately take the naltrexone? Uh, One thing that I did that really helped me break the patterns of habitual drinking was just to give myself that time to sit with it you know 30 minutes or an hour Um, I really understand why do I want to drink right now? What need do I have that I'm turning to alcohol to meet? Commonly for me, I was drinking to cope with stress or boredom and just to kind of check out and get out of my head. And so when I realized that, I would think, okay, now that I know why it is that I want to drink, what are some other ways I can practice meeting that need? And so that would really give me an opportunity to practice new ways to responding to just those thoughts about drinking in a different way. You know, if I had a stressful day I wanted to drink, but I knew it wasn't a craving, my brain was just used to drinking in response to that, then I would try taking a bath or I'd try going for a walk or eating a really delicious meal or a sweet treat, Um, just something else to try in place of alcohol. And sometimes that would work, it would be sufficient, and I wouldn't drink that night. Other times I would still have an extinction session. But the key was really to, um, first of all, just pausing and giving myself some space between the thought and the urge to drink um, and me responding to it, you know, some time, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, and then really getting to the bottom of why it is that I wanted to drink and giving myself the opportunity to try something else when we do this repeatedly it's gonna help us to get more regular alcohol-free days and the truth is when you see yourself have an alcohol-free day you know it might be uncomfortable but hopefully it won't be the most uncomfortable thing in the world uh, but the more you see yourself uh, get through those those t- difficult triggering events or emotions or situations without drinking um, and you have those alcohol-free days it really builds this confidence in you and it really um, lays a foundation for you to be able to do that again in the future. And the good news is, you know, with practicing these things, it's not like you're going to white knuckle and force an alcohol free day. All I'm suggesting that you do is give yourself some time to really examine whether or not it's a craving or if it's just a thought about drinking. And, you know, if you really, if you try something else, if you take a bath or you go for a walk and you still really want to drink after that, the good news is you can take naltrexone and have an extinction session. But this is a really nice way to just try responding to those uh, familiar triggers and familiar thoughts in different ways and really learn. the difference between this is a craving for alcohol and I should have an extinction session versus this is just me thinking about drinking because I always drink at this time. Um, And like with any habit, you know, that we have playing out in life, we can change our thought habits as well. Um, It's really common for us to just think about drinking at the times that we have been. And so those thoughts can just trigger us to act out on it. Like I said, with taking an Altrexone and drinking without even really thinking about it, thinking about it and, you know, questioning it. But If you can take time um, next time and each time, really the consistency is key with this, but just to take time each time you have a a craving or a thought just to sit with it. And if five minutes is all you can do, that's great. If 10 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you can do, but just to sit with it, try to understand, um, you know, what is the source of this? Why do I want to drink? What am I looking to alcohol um, to do for me? What need do I have that I'm turning to alcohol to meet? And then practice meeting that need in a different way. And again, like I said, if you really want to drink after that, you can. But it's really about interrupting the um, habitual thoughts and habitual behaviors around your drinking in order to allow your brain to um, experience, um, you know, pleasures and rewards and coping tools in ways other than alcohol. Because like I said, alcohol is the default. It's the easy choice. It's the thing that we're used to going to. Um, It's going to take some conscious effort, both, you know, in our mind and also with our actions to Uh, break those habits, thought habits and uh, behavior habits, um, and really form these new rituals and routines. But with naltrexone, it makes it so much easier. And what's great about habit change is that it's totally doable. You know, we learned drinking um, and we have these thoughts and behaviors around drinking because we became habituated to it. Uh, But that means you can become habituated to any other thing as well. Um, A common story I tell is, you know, I was a five o'clock PM daily drinker as soon as I got off work. And um, after I'd been on the Sinclair Method for a while, my brain would tell me to drink at five o'clock. But after a while, I started to realize that it was a, a habit playing out. And so I thought, okay, like, let me delay that a bit. Let me see if there's a different way that I can respond Onto that urge. So five o'clock my brain would signal me to have a glass of wine and instead I'd have a glass of sparkling water that was really refreshing and tasty and then oftentimes that would be just what I needed. Like I wouldn't even really want the wine after that. Sometimes I would and I would have an extinction session but by replacing that five o'clock wine with a five o'clock sparkling water over time, that became my new habit and my new ritual. And within about a month or two, my brain was starting to crave the sparkling water and not the wine. And so it's a really, you know, we don't have to make it this really big, complicated, or difficult thing. Just um, doing simple things to change up your routine, but doing it with consistency can really help um, shift this habit and unwanted behavior over time. But I do want to stress the importance of alcohol free days to success on the Sinclair method. Yes, we want to have repeated extinction sessions on the medication. But we also need to have alcohol-free days to allow our brains to learn new habits, new behaviors, new rituals, new pleasures, uh, because alcohol's, you know, oftentimes been the only game in town for a lot of us that if we're not giving ourselves alcohol-free time to learn these other behaviors, we're just going to keep turning to alcohol, even with naltrexone um, in our system, because it's just going to be this ingrained habit. So yes, you want extinction sessions but you also want alcohol-free days, uh, consistent alcohol-free days, and you can work up to those. Like I said, you know, if you just start by interrupting your, your ritual, um, by s- responding in a different way, just to see if it's a craving or if it's just you thinking about drinking, um, that's a really uh, you know small way to start. You don't even have to say you're gonna have an alcohol-free day today. You're just gonna try something else for an hour and see how you respond to it. So I hope this helps you understand a bit about the difference between a craving for alcohol and just a thought about alcohol, and really the importance um, to take taking time to really understand the difference between those two. And really it's about giving yourself some time um, to understand the difference and give yourself some time to try uh, different things um, to see if you're responding to it. Because if it's a craving for alcohol and you you know, try having a sparkling water or taking a bath or whatever it is and you still want to drink after that, that's probably a craving and you're going to, going to want to take naltrexone and drink. But if it's just a thought and you try meeting that in a different way, the desire for alcohol thanks to naltrexone will likely uh, fade into the background, especially the more consistency and the more uh, practice you do with this. So hope that was helpful. Talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for tuning in to the Thrive Alcohol Recovery Podcast. For additional Sinclair Method resources and support, please check out the information in our show notes. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.